0: It got to the point where people were asking for recommendations on long drives. And I was like, well, actually, if you're driving, my podcast might not be the safest one to listen to because it's really <laughs> relaxing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's so relaxing and so peaceful, they might veer off the road in a meditative state. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Heather, from Sunshine and Power Cuts Podcast to the Global Podcaster show on the Geopaths Podcast. Yay. Thank you, Steph, so much for having me. Hey, I woke up this morning. There's a giant office spilling across the street from my apartment building, and there was this almost 90-degree ricochet of sunlight that went from the sun to that building into my bedroom, into my eyes, and I thought... This this is Heather coming through from the other side of the world. Lighten up your life. <laughs> you did, yeah. You woke me up this morning, so thanks for that. You're welcome. So, speaking of sunshine, let's talk about your podcast first. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast?
0: It's called Sunshine and Cuts. I launched it back in August of 2017, and it's a little bit different in that it features two types of
1: episodes alternate, and I do it from rural New Zealand. The more podcasters I talk to, the more of them fit into the I started in 2017 mode, and there's something that happened in 2017.
0: It was a good year to
1: start a podcast. It was a very good year. Why did you start your podcast?
0: Because I live off the power grid in New Zealand, and I wanted a way of sharing that journey. I also rely on nature to power my home with solar panels, and I wanted a way of kind of sharing the lessons I'd learned from relying on nature to power my home, but also empower me to get me through the dark winter and to help uplift my well-being.
1: Yeah, your first few episodes will always strike me as just insanely unique. I've never heard anything quite like that anywhere else in the potosphere Where you describe your your setup and the reasons why your home setup is the way it is, and all of that kind of good stuff. It's it's really unique. Did you do you plan your episodes quite a bit before you record them?
0: Yes, I do. So I have, um, I use OneNote because I find that like a really good digital Mm -hmm. scrapbook type thing. And I have uh, themes that I want to cover for the Sunshine episodes, which Mm -hmm. are kind of light, brighter, motivational and share sort of examples drawn from nature. And then I have a place where I record things that happen, like a personal journal through the power cut Mm -hmm. episodes that I share there. So I do plan
1: them in advance. Yeah, and it it shows they're incredibly they flow incredibly well, and they they seem very intentional. Where do you publish them? I
0: publish them to two places. One is my website because I have my own RSS feed through that, mm-hmm. and the other is to Podbean because it was kind of like a backup option. Um, Podbean being a great host that has options for podcasting that were
1: easy and accessible to use. And yeah, let's talk about New Zealand, and then we'll we'll circle back to your specific. Podosphere. How popular is podcasting in New Zealand? In terms
0: of people who listen to podcasts, there mm-hmm. are people
1: who listen, but it's not as big as it is in other
0: places because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people here who still don't know what a podcast is. Well, whether I've mentioned that I do a podcast and like, what's that? And then they kind of liken it to audio blogging because they are familiar with people who write blogs. And then some people know about vlogging, which is the video version, but podcasts mm-hmm. kind of haven't had the focus on them until i think there was a big popular one that came out which was called was it black hands i think the one on the david bain trial and that kind of brought Ah. podcasts to the forefront Mm -hmm. here um and then radio stations turned their shows into podcasts as well so that became quite popular but in terms of indie podcasters i feel like it's still growing and Mm -hmm. podcast listeners it's hard to find them but we have managed to group a bunch of them together for the Wellington Podcast Brunch Club.
1: Yeah, and you're the the chapter leader for that, right? I am, yes. Well, like Adela, the founder says, it's like book club, but for podcasts. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have Podcast Brunch Club as an in-person community there, but do you have any podcasters meetups? No,
0: and that's kind of why at least that was an easy way to start a group of podcast listeners, (laughs) but there aren't sort of in-person podcaster get-togethers and I think it, uh, many years ago there might have been a couple, but it was mainly like high profileish kind of mm-hmm. podcasters. Whereas I've managed to recently connect with a bunch of New Zealand podcasters on Twitter, so there's kind of like a loose community on Twitter of <laughs> us. And I would love to meet them in person. Some of them do come to brunch club, but and I meet up with um, one who comes
1: from the South Island when he when he's up, but. There's nothing official or big. Well, you've got a lot going on in 2020 that we'll talk about in just a minute. But do you foresee <laughs> starting a an in-person club to go with that Twitter uh, group? Yes, I've
0: talked to a couple of them. And I would love to make a proper event or something like or in other places because I think it would be great just to feel a part of something together because it's it's nice to have that understanding and same excitement for podcasting Mm -hmm. to share that
1: with another person in person. So yeah, I hope so. Sweet. Now, International Podcast Day just happened again on September 30th, and that's ironically how we met. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And I, it really, really was super loud to me this year when a lot of the folks who were outside of the U.S. in various countries in the world kept talking about Anchor. And I, I, I could feel the Americans cringing, mm-hmm. but they talked about Anchor and SoundCloud, and they talked about it with a smile on their face and how easy it was for them to get access to podcasting via those things. And I started to to view things slightly differently, even though I am also outside of the U.S. where a lot of <laughs> podcasting happens. So my question in a long, long-winded long kind of way is, are there any um, like popular podcasting hosts or services that exist in New Zealand that are not super well-known in the international podcasting community? If they even exist, I don't
0: know of them. So how terrible is that? But um, no, that's why I went with Podbean because it's one that is known and was easy to access. But then the barrier to that is I have to pay in US dollars. So there isn't one that I know of here that's in New Zealand dollars that I can pay for or that has local support.
1: Right, right, right. And that's something I didn't really think about until ironically, like I've, been, I've been with Podbean myself for about two years. And I hadn't, I've been throwing my referral code around for a while internationally. And, yeah, And I hadn't actually thought about for some people that I'm referring it to, they might not actually be able to use the services. But how do you pay for it in US dollars through your New Zealand bank accounts? How does that work? Good old credit cards and um,
0: international trend, whatever fees, like they have a oh. exchange rate fee that they do. So you can pay by credit card on most of these services and that's how I do it. Right. And right, I usually right. pay per Annually or a longer period. I don't do it by monthly or anything like that. I do it once and pay sort of a larger sum, but it's not little payments. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, this is definitely a new thing that I'm thinking about. That's a pain in the butt. Yikes! People in New Zealand interested in podcasting? If you're listening, here's an opportunity for you to start a local host. Yeah. Well, are there any any other quirks of being outside of that U.S. podcasting area that produces so many tools that are may be accessible, maybe not accessible to the rest of us outside of there.
0: Yeah, I think the community thing is a huge thing because there are a lot of events that happen in the States, whereas mm-hmm. they don't happen in a lot of places elsewhere. And that's what I love about International Podcast Day is that if you are able to connect to the internet, you can come to one place and be with people from all around the world at sort of one point in time over the hours that they stream for, which is awesome. But I think there's a long way to go to feeling a part of the podcasting space if you're not in the state.
1: Agreed. 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 Yeah. yeah. And I've got that passport, but living outside of it, it's still <laughs> tricky. People are like, oh, are you coming back for this? Are you coming back for that? And there's so many conferences every year oh, and yeah. they're expensive. In In your pod web, you've got a really healthy mix of people from other countries that you communicate with quite often about podcasting, right?
0: Yeah. And I love the fact that the internet enables you to connect with people around the world at any time of the day because we're all in different time zones. And so someone's up when possibly people here are not and I can't sleep. It's amazing.
1: Let's break it down for the listeners, like all of your different uh, pod community spaces. So Sunshine Summit, do you want to give us a brief overview of that amazing creature.
0: Yeah. So that is a live stream event uh, where I interview some amazing content creators. A lot of them have been podcasters and it's usually over a week in March and again in August. And we get together for an hour and share the stories of their connections that they've made on their journeys of creating the content that they make because that is a way of me being able to connect with them and talk with them, which is amazing, but also to share their stories so we can learn from their experiences because everyone's going to have a slightly different journey or places they make connections in. And there's a lot of learning that can come from that. So I'm, I launched that not very far into my podcasting journey and we've had four of them so far and people have enjoyed them, whether that's the people I'm talking to or the people who have come by the live streams and participate in the live chat. So it's
1: amazing. It is amazing. And I am I love podcasts. I listen to them literally from the moment before I step out of bed to the moment <laughs> that I go to sleep. I literally fall asleep to them. And I love the fact that we can watch the videos. We can see the faces of the people that we're listening to. We can see you, the, your, the facial expressions of you guys as you're talking to each other. I mm-hmm. think that's a beautiful component to add to the podcasting space. Um, yeah,
0: especially helpful when you can't meet up in person I think it's the
1: next yeah. best thing to bring people together from all around the world okay so so far in the I don't know why I'm doing the spider analogy because you're you're not scary like spiders but <laughs> in the heather pod web okay so we've got the sunshine and summit power cuts we've got we've got you've got the uh, podcast branch club in person meetup then you've got mm-hmm. the sunshine summit but there's more there's so much more what else do you have going on in podcast land
0: I'm a part of the board of International Podcast Association, which has just formed recently this year of 2019. And it's got a long way to go, but it's hoping to bring podcasters from around the world together and sort of bring information to one
1: place and help support everyone on their journeys. Is that likely to turn into an in-person event, like a conference or anything too, or is that just going to be an online? uh... I think what it will
0: hopefully do is have a list of where events are and they can be added so that you can see globally where events are all around the world and help encourage those to happen. And maybe it might help support them to become a reality. So definitely a directory of events and a calendar of events. You're quite technical,
1: (laughs) shall we say. That's putting it mildly. Whereas I say, what's the minimum effective dose for me getting decent sound you seem to really enjoy playing with the te- the technical side of podcasting <laughs> yes I
0: do um, and in that I've spent a little bit of money <laughs> on <laughs> it but I didn't do it massively like I we all have limitations in what we can do and I think that it's really important to start with something simple and straightforward that just gets you going because that's the most important thing to see whether you're going to enjoy it or go with it for a long period of time so I carefully thought about what kind of microphone I would have and I chose one that was USB so you could just plug and play and go and then it also had the XLR option which helps plug it into an interface to change kind of the audio you can get from it and then I've invested in some software called Isotope RX7 which is kind of fancy and does some really cool things. Whoa um, what what does it do? It It helps process the audio so it has some features like mouth declick which takes out the mouth clicks out of your voice. When you're talking, and I just love cleaning up the audio and trying to make it sound as good as I can. And I've, what a roller coaster that's been. Like, I started out from really over processing my audio and it being not good and quiet, and to getting it too loud and all the things. But I, I love the journey of learning. That's kind of the main thing there.
1: For any listeners that might be thinking about starting podcasting, do you have any online resources that you recommend for them?
0: If you need something to record into, Audacity is free. It's a great software that you can record your voice and has some processing tools. Um, but what I suggest is less is more. Like Don't touch it too much and try and overdo things because it can crunch audio pretty fast. <laughs> so try and keep things simple and just record and practice.
1: That's all. Absolutely. Any? how did how did you learn to do this stuff? Did you go to websites or YouTube channels or did you just kind of play with it until you got the sound you wanted?
0: I did a lot of research and I did it in a very short period of time, to be mm-hmm. honest, but I found a really great resource, which was podcastage on YouTube mm-hmm. because I needed to figure out what kind of microphone I wanted. Yeah. So that's where I got the mic recommendation. And then Bandra, who does that, recommended resources like Better Podcasting, which is an amazing podcast that I listen to and I've got a lot of help from um, along the way. And I, before I found that, I'd found another YouTube video on how to process audio and it wasn't good. <laughs> like, it helped <laughs> me to do these things and I tried them and it didn't sound good at all. So eventually, when yeah. I got to Better Podcasting, I sort of was in that kind of podcastage community where they're talking about audio all the time and that sure. really, really helped sure. um, being there and hearing from other people who use and record audio all the
1: time. Some of the first places that I was looking online to find information on how to start a podcast, of course, where I recommended the Blue Yeti. So I went and bought one and I couldn't understand why the sound was so bad. It sounds better on my phone than on my mic. What's happening here? And it took me a while to understand what was happening. And then I played with different mics and then I said, okay, we're good. We're fine. That's not the mic for me. It's generally not the mic for most new people. So I, it's I, hard when something like that's really popular because mm-hmm. it's popular. So you hear about it, whereas you don't get to hear about like the Samsung Q2U, which right. is
0: the one that I use. And it's me such too. a good microphone.
1: Me too. <laughs> me too. And the ATR 2100, not to get too mickey, we'll be out of this moment in a minute, but it was also really, really talked about in a lot of the independent podcasting circles that we're in online. And I, so I, I bought that one as a second one for the to try it out. And I was like, no, it's not bassy enough. And I, so I started to like hear the difference finally between the different mic and uh, I eventually sold that one and bought a third QTU. to you. So.
0: That's part a- of the journey too. You learn, your hearing changes and you pick up things as you go. So. It is, it is,
1: yeah. it is. Embrace do the you, journey. Do you find that your podcasting ears have affected what you listen to as a listener?
0: Yep, I get very particular about what I listen to now <laughs> because I hear things that I didn't hear before and that makes it a little bit hard but I also don't discredit something if people are trying like, sure. I was there, so I understand. But if things are
1: progressively get worse or don't
0: improve, then I, I probably would tune out to something else.
1: I remember the first time I started to gasp when one of the NPR or Slate podcasts I was listening to had excessive number of ums, or more so when their ad was a massively different sound level than the mm-hmm. conversation. And I was like, if they can't fix it, how am I supposed to be expected to? <laughs> so yeah, podcasting ears are a thing. <laughs>
2: Usually when people mention the word history, they think kings, battles, and those dreaded dates. But what if I told you it was more than that? That history was one big story, full of smaller, amazing stories. A tale so compelling, it still lives and breathes in your DNA. Those of you who are even remotely interested in history will of course be thinking, well, yeah, that's true. But I've heard the histories of Europe, America, Asia, and all sorts of other places in the world. What else is there on offer? Well, funny you should ask. Kia ora and g'day. My name is Thomas, and I am the bloke behind the History of Aotearoa New Zealand podcast. As you might have guessed, we tell the historical narrative of a group of islands in the South Pacific, moving chronologically. So far we have talked about the land before the arrival of humans and how the first inhabitants, Tangata Whenua, Māori, came to arrive on these shores. We have also discussed how they survived in their new home and currently are talking about pre-European Māori culture such as carving, societal structure, weaving, tāmoko and the haka. In future, Europeans will arrive changing the face of the land and people forever. Te our Māori, the Māori language, also features heavily, so you should hopefully learn some cool new words. History doesn't have to be kings, battles and dates. It can be so much more. It's fun, it's exciting and it's all real. It's a story that is part of who we are. So if you want to come along and go on an adventure with us, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts or historyaotearoa.com. Aotearoa spelt A-O-T-E-A-R-O-A. Haide to hoki to mai. Go well and return in good health. Good morning, you beautiful ladies and gentlemen. If you're not indifferent to the video games as a
0: medium, as art, or just as a way of spending time, you probably know... How good games are a rare commodity lately I noticed it too And here in Ducking Games Podcast We try to dig deeper into the understanding of video game design So that more people will know about good and bad game design practices And maybe one day there will be more good games Because someone knew those practices Or at the very least people will stop spending
3: hard-earned money on bad games So see you around guys!
0: do you do interviews? Sometimes I have, yes. And I do have it open if people wanted to share their story. I've got a form that people can fill out on my website for either a sunshine episode where they've got an experience where they've been empowered by nature or if they have experience living off the grid for a power cut episode. But mainly for guests, if I don't already have a connection with them, I'll do a bit of homework into them first and find out where they, where might be the best place to connect with them. Is that on Twitter via DM or email to ask them? And it's sometimes big and scary to do it, but I just ask.
1: <laughs> yeah. And how about for the summit? Do you have a... Those Some are usually
0: there? guests that I've sort of been thinking about for a while, and I've approached them with the idea of what the summit is and explained or answered any questions that they have about it. A lot of that is done by email. And then I book them into Acuity, which thing they make a booking for the time that the- is-
1: works for them within my availability. And you do quite a bit of interviews on other people's podcasts as well, right?
0: Yeah. And... That's amazing. I love the opportunity to talk to other people on their things. And the same way people reach out to me, they either message me or tweet at me or email me to ask. Generally, I find the ones the best where... And what I try and do is have a proper genuine connection with someone and I let them know that I have interacted with whatever content they make if I'm asking someone to be a guest on my show and what being a guest will do for them like, or what it will help with that they can share with my audience and what value we'll both get out of the situation. But how do you promote the show? I I make sure the podcast is available on different podcatchers or places people listen to podcasts. So it is on Spotify and Stitcher and places like that. And... I use social media like Twitter and Instagram, and Instagram I kind of don't necessarily promote the show as such, but I share some of those nature experiences. And Twitter is where I promote an episode or what I'm doing, as well as other things.
1: Yeah, and I think that that giggle that we just did, like on my on my part, the giggle was, ugh, social media and the the whole genuine issue. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I want to promote it, but I don't want just anyone. I want the right listener that wants to be in the conversation. Who are you aiming to reach when you do that kind of thing?
0: Mine's tricky. People have got a little bit confused because it could seem like it mine could be a how-to and it's not a how-to go Mm -hmm. off the grid podcast it is basically a personal journal so when people have tagged me for example on twitter in a thread recommending or asking for podcast recommendations I liked them to start with because I didn't really understand how they worked and then I realized that if I addressed the person who asked the question and said I'm looking for recommendations for this thing I'd reply to them in the thread and say thanks for tagging me whoever this is what my show is about and it got to the point where people were asking for recommendations on long drives and i was like well actually if you're driving my podcast might not
1: be the safest one to listen to cuz it's really relaxing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah, it's so relaxing and so peaceful they might veer off the road in a meditative state <laughs> yeah
0: but having that little insight into what the show is about rather than just dropping a link which is, seems really cold mm-hmm. i don't do that um i'd rather put a little bit of blurb around it to really show you whether it's going to be for you or you're not going to be interested cuz funnily enough along the journey I've found people who I wouldn't have thought would have listened to my show and they've even said that they wouldn't have gone looking for a show like mine Mm -hmm. because it is kind of like bright and motivational and that meditative like sound or ambient to it but they have
1: stuck around and really enjoyed it and it's made a difference so that's incredible. It sounds like there might be a fun or surprising listener feedback moment in what you just said and the smile that I think came across your face when you said it. (laughs) Is there anything (laughs) that you can drop without uh, giving away anybody's identity or anything personal?
0: or Like an actual example of something that happened? Yeah. Yeah. So one of my amazing listeners enjoys listening to the show and was listening to it at work. It helps them get through stressful work days, but Mm -hmm. it relaxed them so much that they fell asleep at work at work and they were they're mechanics so they were working underneath a vehicle when they fell asleep and woke up an hour later
1: oh my gosh that's amazing that's so funny have you ever thought of putting like a jokey disclaimer at the beginning of your podcast episode like be careful don't be doing anything dangerous
0: I feel like Mm -hmm. I probably should Um, (laughs) I've done some things like I created a seven days of sunshine challenge and I created a specific audio thing which is like a guided visualization and in that I did put a specific disclaimer because I don't want anyone listening to that one Mm -hmm. it has a very relaxing tone to it more so than my normal podcast Mm -hmm. um but perhaps I do need a disclaimer for the
1: podcast in general that would be the best disclaimer ever (laughs) (laughs) this is too relaxing I would I would if I wasn't already listening I would start (laughs) okay (laughs) are there any New Zealand specific podcasts that you listen to
0: There's a couple. There's one called Region Racing by Dean. That's a fun one. It's about e-racing, which is really different, but he's really passionate about it. And
1: Wait, what's e-racing?
0: Electronic racing, like electronic cars that race on racetracks, not like petrol cars.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And um, there's History of Aotearoa on New Zealand's history.
1: And that's another part of your pod web is I am aware of that podcast because – the gentleman that does that is in your Discord. Yeah, but I found him
0: through uh, Emily Prokop, who has connections in the history space of history <laughs>
1: podcasts. It is a tangled web we weave in Podland. <laughs> it really is.
0: It really, really is. It's word of mouth, right? So if you know someone and they talk about something they listen to or that they've found in their network thing, it can spread like wildfire.
1: It's amazing. Exactly, exactly. And for the for the listeners that aren't familiar with the Discord space, how would you describe that?
0: One of my favorite communi- places to have an online community, it is basically a chat service for gamers. That's what it started out as. But it's um, you can create your own little space in different areas to talk to different topics. And you can have voice chats with people. And they've added a feature where you can go live to your Discord server. So it's like Slack, if anyone's aware of that, which mm-hmm. some people use for business, but, and it's like a different version. It's it's not even like Facebook groups. It's better. <laughs> it's very, very cool.
1: So yeah, so we've got a list of five so far. The podcast, Podcast Bunch Club, your summit, the International Podcast Association, your Discord group. Am I missing any community aspects of your pod world?
0: Ones that I'm a part of that are online that I'm not terribly active in but i think a really great communities for podcasters are the underdog podcast community on facebook as well as lady pod squad and she podcast those are the top three and i say i don't hang out there often but i just feel like they have such a good place that if i when i do go there i get a lot from them
1: yes yeah i just listened to the she podcasts um Podcast to be redundant uh, episode last night where they talked about the She Podcast conference that just happened recently, and I almost cried the whole way through. (laughs) I was like, This is so beautiful. It's just so there's a few rants in there too, but generally speaking, it was just, ah, we got to do this. We all got mm. to do the things that we generally are kind of pushed aside that we can't do necessarily a lot of the time. And I was like, that's beautiful. And yeah. I'm not someone who generally leans towards things that are only for women because I think a healthy balance in the genders is actually really advantageous. Yeah. But in this space, I think it actually is pretty decent of an idea <laughs> to do. And what they've created is, is pretty magnetic and really helpful. So we need to start getting on a plane a bit because you've got some exciting stuff happening in 2020 in your pod world. Can you tell us yeah. something about that?
0: Yeah. So I haven't yet podcasted in any other countries apart from New Zealand, but I am hoping to in May of 2020 do some podcasting in the US when I'm there. I'm getting
1: to travel there next year and I'm so excited. Hurrah! So is this a Sunshine and Power Cuts tour or a, a Sunshine <laughs> Summit tour or a combination of the two or how, how is this sucker branded?
0: I am loosely calling it the Sunshine and Pell Cuts on tour because I wouldn't be going if it hadn't been for all the connections that I'd made on this journey of creating and producing Sunshine and Pell Cuts. So I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting up with a lot of the people that I've met along the way.
1: Very, very cool. Can we have a sneak peek into some of the cities that you're going to?
0: So the U.S. is massive compared to New Zealand. A lot of the connections are across there, but what's amazing is that there are groups of people. So there are some people who are in Florida, for example. There are people who are in L.A. There are people who are in Michigan. And those are a couple of the places that I'm hoping to get to.
1: Our listeners are about half from the U.S., so about 50, 60%. So if you could ask them anything about the U.S. before you go, like any lingering question about your travel there, what might it be?
0: The time of the year where I'm going is probably going to be quite hot in some places. So mm-hmm. how do you all keep cool, I guess would be my question. Because I'm going to be coming from New Zealand, which is going to be coming out of summer. will be in autumn, so it would be a lot cooler than what's over there. Mm-hmm. And the humidity will be different. It's very... Humid, really, in New Zealand, as opposed to some places in the U.S., which are quite dry.
1: Well, but when you hit Florida, that will that will be familiar be then because the humidity yeah, <laughs> will be will be there. But yeah, okay. So, listeners, so we we'll, we still have a few more things to cover. But to answer that question, where can they answer you on social media?
0: Tweet me at on Twitter at SunPowerPod would
1: be amazing. So I'll put that down in the show notes as well <laughs> for people living in New Zealand when if they want to start a podcast. What would be a local specific piece of advice you would give them?
0: That is tough. It's actually quite a challenge because local music stores in that may not have a lot of options in terms of microphones or anything like that, but YouTube's available. So do that or see if you can look up other New Zealand podcasters to get on Twitter or something and talk to them and ask them. And ask them for help I think it's it's not really New Zealand specific but just to reach out and maybe have a bit of support on your journey because it's going to be tough like it's you get really excited about it and then keeping that momentum going or asking for help when you need it along the way and just figuring it out it's really important to have a bit of support behind you helps if they're in person with you
1: that's extremely good advice yeah that's something that I did not expect having started a solo podcast that within a year turned into an interview-only podcast, I had no idea how much I would need need and want other podcasters around me to talk about absolutely every part of the process. Yeah. <laughs> so intensely important. Personally, I've really clung on to things like the Better Podcasting guys and their Thursday morning. Well, for me, it's Thursday mornings for you. I think it's Thursday afternoon live yeah. streams, right? Yeah. And for folks in the U.S., what is that? Evening? Wednesdays. Is that Wednesday evenings? <laughs> yeah. yeah, clearly mm-hmm. I suck at time zones. Um, so things like like live podcasting events like that, where you're in a chat room, so you're not like seeing people, but you're you're seeing the same people generally in the chat room, and you're developing a community. You're learning about podcasting at the same time, and there's a you know generally humor and tips and all kinds of stuff. I found those things really useful. I'm going to be talking to people from all over the world about podcasting in their area and what they've learned about stuff anywhere else, really about podcasting if they've traveled or talked to other podcasters in different parts of the countries. but what's what's missing? What should I ask folks from different places? how do they manage like, internet
0: connectivity like for example if you're trying to connect with other people whether that be locally to record or whatever but how do they manage that and if they're doing it globally how do they manage time zones because one thing that i found is having good apps to help (laughs) coordinate and manage across time zones Mm -hmm. and that other people like myself even though I'm in New Zealand I don't have the best internet connection all of the time Mm -hmm. so how do they kind of manage their
1: connections how do you manage yours
0: so I'm very lucky that Sometimes people are gracious and give me extra time if I either have a power cut, which happens, or if my internet's not connecting. And then I have an app on my phone which is called Time Buddy that helps me coordinate across time zones. And I've got a booking system which adjusts for local time zones as well, which makes
1: planning very, very easy. But you've got a booking system. Is that an app or a website or a? Yeah.
0: That's Acuity. Sorry, Acuity Scheduler. A C U
1: I T Y, Acuity. In your general podcasting chatter with folks podcasting from different places around the world, have you heard about anything surprising or funny or kind of curious about their specific podcasting situation? Yeah.
0: A lot of us podcast from home, I noticed, which is kind of a universal thing around the world. We mm-hmm. have a room in our home where we have set up our computer and a microphone and we connect with each other. (laughs) Only a very few people have done it from like a studio thing that's separate or at a workplace or something. But yeah, a lot of us have at home and just I think there's this amazing passion that runs through the podcast community wherever you are for podcasting and for making those connections with other podcasters and their audiences. It's incredible.
1: I could not agree more. There's a there's a really strong sharing and curiosity um, not just yeah. about podcasting, but just about life that really runs through a lot of independent podcasters. But just, yeah, in podcasting in general, there's like curiosity seems to be part of the driving force for a lot of us. Yeah. And one mm-hmm. thing that's frustrating, though, that I know that's happened for you is when there
0: are restrictions in other countries and you can't access social media like my Discord server mm-hmm. and you can't comment on Instagram. It's like
1: very, very difficult
0: seeing other people go through that and I'm very grateful that most of the time I'm able to access those resources and use them.
1: I mean this isn't the first time I've lived in a country that has a different viewpoint of what accessible means Mm -hmm. but and it, it is not nearly as bad as what the western media will explain it being it's Certainly not evil or life consuming. It's just a part of daily life, to be honest with you. But in two months, it definitely is going to be a bit of a, a drunken moment with the internet where I'll probably need a week of just sitting in a cafe, being on all the places I can't be right <laughs> now. And just being like, I'm not using a VPN. Woohoo! I'm basically yeah. brawless right now. This is great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm
0: excited for that when you're able to do that. I think it's really it is freeing. And I think yeah, I'm grateful that we have those options and it's really challenging when it's not available for someone in another country.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am being a bit of a a privileged person right now by saying that because I do have the opportunity to switch countries at I wouldn't say on a whim, but but at, at will. And some folks that are podcasting from places where they don't necessarily have the ability or means to just move countries to have better internet access, they're just going to be dealing with the internet and the services and things that they have in front of them.
0: And so um, I hope that their support locally, that they can get to do the in-person things, whether that be you are podcasting from somewhere that doesn't have access to those things and you just ask a friend to come along and you tell them about podcasting. I don't know, start small, but just, yeah, I hope that people can share their passion for podcasting wherever they are.
1: Agreed. I do think that a community, whether it being online or offline, especially offline, is really, really helpful Yeah, And just having a repeated group of people that know what you're doing in that space, in that place. Heather, to me, you are the epitome of someone who builds community just by being who you are and doing what you do and exuding the, the passion and the love for people, community, processes, Podcasting, all of that kind of good stuff, and I want to thank you for everything that you do because you put so much goodness out into this world. No, thanks, death You're <laughs> welcome. So, just to remind folks where they can find you online, it'll be in the show notes. But here's the verbal version: Where can I find you?
0: All of my things are at sunshineandpowercuts dot com, and if you're on social media, you can find
1: me at SunPowerPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're in the US in May of 2020 you may be able to see Heather in person. Yay!
3: If there is a man to be Strum a chord and sing to me That there will be another time A time for you and I With candles, books, and wine crafts Albums filled with photographs And rooms that echo tune for laughs I'm so happy I could die I could die, I could die Someday I won't have to try Until I do, I think of you I'm so happy I could die Days of trains and coffee spoons Lights under exotic moons, Lazy morning hotel rooms Well, it's time for you and I And empty bottles of champagne Pearls upon a windowpane, a cocktail dress, and necklace chain. I'm so happy I could die. I could die, I could die. One day I won't have to try. Until I do, I think of you. I'm so happy I could die. And through half-deserted streets and half-hearted retreats, Will I manage my defeats before a moment, and for a moment, I think of you, a home to build a life and more, with trips made to the hardware store, and dances on the kitchen floor, well a time for you and I. Working minds and broken hearts Collaborate the greatest arts And thunder through the empty parts But still I wonder why wonder why, I wonder why I wonder why we have to die Until I do, i think of you I'm so happy I could die I could die, I could die One day I won't have to try Until I do, I'll think of you A star to light the sky Until I do, I'll think of you A light to grace my eye Until I do, I'll think of you I'm so happy I could die